0: Welcome to mixed martial arts. Wow, wouldn't it be crazy if uh, the, the aliens like manufactured you to be a, a nah. mixed martial arts fighter? So like, let's see if we could just turn this I'm, sure, so would, I'm sure if it would have happened I would have been much better Than, than, than this Much know? better than this You're the fucking champion What are yeah, you talking Yeah but about? if I would be Alien manufacturer I would be <laughs> Superman You know Hello ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious beings tuning into the podcast. I welcome you to episode 48 of Martian Mixed Martial Arts. This week on the podcast we will be analyzing and predicting every fight on the UFC's pay-per-view coming up this weekend UFC 234 Whitaker versus Gastelum for the middleweight championship this fight card goes down this Saturday night February 9th 2019 at 10 p.m. Eastern time from Melbourne Australia after we predict the UFC 234 card we will be recapping the UFC on ESPN plus 2 card that happened this past weekend with that being said, we are going to jump right into the pay per view this weekend. Starting things off in the bantamweight division, we have Willuigi Barren, who is eleven and six, taking on Jonathan Martinez, who is nine and two. Looking over at the opening betting line for this fight, Jonathan Martinez opened as the minus 180 favorite, Buren at the plus 140 underdog. Right now, looking over at, at our affiliated sportsbook, 5dimes.eu, we see Jonathan Martinez as the minus 160 favorite to Buren at plus 140. So um, not much line movement coming in on this one. I think there was a little bit of uh, early money coming in on uh, Martinez to push him down to around minus 200, but he's been uh, slowly creeping back up to um, minus 160 since then so early action coming in on martinez um and then the more late action coming in on buren i'm going to agree with the late action on this one i think it's a very close fight we have uh you know buren who is uh you know kind of a scrappy grappler uh um you know He uh, had a little bit of a hiccup in his last fight against Marlon Vera where he was knocked out in the second round with a wicked body shot. You know, uh, no shame in that loss. He came into that fight as a pretty big underdog and he actually, uh, you know, hung in there with Vera for the first... Um, maybe round and a half of that fight, but that that fight showed some some promise in him. But what did not is Buren's fight against Rolando Die. Rolando Die is one of the the lowest quality fighters on the roster. I think he has actually been cut from the roster ever since that fight. So you know that loss looks really bad. We've seen Die looked pretty uh, pretty horrendous in the octagon lately. So that loss looks pretty bad on his record. But Buren is he's very aggressive. He likes to you know close that distance. He's got uh, decent striking. Uh, Some pretty bad defense. He's pretty easily hit. He high guards a lot whenever he's, uh, you know, uh, getting hit with some punches and that leads him open for a body shot, which is exactly what Marlon Vera capitalized on and uh, got the TKO finish for him. He also got dropped by Rolando Dye. So, you know, again, uh, I just went into how low level an opponent Dye is and he was, you know, Buren was dropped by him. So that's definitely not a good sign. But Martinez is a small bantamweight for sure. He was a, a flyweight for most of his uh, MMA career And then when he got a short notice fight in the UFC for bantamweight, he accepted it And he is staying at bantamweight, but he looked he looked small in that fight against Sukumtad, who is definitely not a big uh, Bantamweight himself. He uh, Martinez has good jujitsu. He's, he's got some good submissions. He's good off his back He's you know comfortable being in full guard and going for arm bars triangles um, which, you know, Buren could definitely get caught in. Um, I think Martinez is pretty tough. You know, he came into that fight on short notice against Sukintot and, you know, showed that he had some, some nice grit. And, uh, you know, but his his defense is not very good. He he got hit a lot by Sukintot in that fight. Um, you know, he had a, a decent leg kick going on for the first uh, round of that fight, but he was quickly abandoned in that and was just overwhelmed by Tot in this one. So this is going to be a really close fight to kick off the pay-per-view. You know, it might seem like two lower-level guys, but I, I think they both deserve to be on the roster. They both got a good amount of skill, but, you know, I think Buren is going to be trying to take this fight to the floor, and then, you know, he could be up for... Uh getting caught in a submission by martinez if he uh, you know gets lazy on his uh in his takedown attempt so we got to watch out for that but if this fight stays on the feet it'll also be fairly evenly contested i think buren will just be the bigger more aggressive fighter in there so there's a good chance that he gets uh ahead on the scorecards but man this is going to be a really close fight and uh, i'm going to lean with the underdog buren's way just because i think there's a little bit of value on his line i would really put this fight right around a pick him so the the pick is going to be will 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 lead you buren to get it done Moving on to the next fight in the lightweight division, we have Jalen Turner, who is 7-4, taking on Callan Potter, who is 17-7. The betting line for this one opened up Jalen Turner as the minus 300 favorite, Callan Potter at plus 220. Looking over at our affiliated sportsbook, 5dimes.eu, we see Turner at minus 240, Potter at plus 200. I'm gonna agree with where the line movement has gone. I think that initial line movement or line was set way too high for Jalen Turner. I think Turner should be the favorite in this matchup. He uh, he has really nice striking. He's got a nice straight left hand that he really damages opponents with. Um, he's got great knees as well, uh, long distance knees. But his his, his cl- defense is not the best. You know, he's definitely there for getting hit by punches. Um, you know, and uh, he had his uh, his uh, opponent on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series hurt really, really badly. And he just couldn't really finish him with the shots, you know. He, this guy was out on his feet for a good two minutes and luckily the round ended and he uh, his opponent I think said he had an injury after the first round and the fight was stopped. But it was a little bit worrisome, you know. He had this guy practically, you know, totally out of the fight but just couldn't land that kill shot to get him out of there. Um, you know, uh, and his opponent Callum Potter is coming into this fight on short notice. Uh, he is a you know an Australian gentleman, a local guy who they uh, gave a short notice call to. He's got you know decent striking. He's got a decent right hand. He's got some power behind, but he looks he looks slow, man. Uh, his most recent fight, he looked slow. Um, like he had a knee brace on and he was just moving moving, you know, like a turtle out there So Turner is going to be wicked faster than him on the feet this fight stays on the feet I really see Turner lighting Potter up landing in that left hand over and over again and really just uh, Dictating this fight uh, throughout as long as it lasts. I think that uh, if it goes on the feet the entire time Potter is not able to get that takedown. I think that Turner will finish him despite my uh, you know um I don't know my worries about his finishing ability I think that he will get the finish if this stays on the feet he's just miles ahead of Potter on the feet but Potter's got some you know a little bit of scrappy uh, wrestling behind him he likes taking this fight to the floor and he's got really good submissions he's got you know a lot of submissions on his uh, MMA record so that's definitely where he's going to be trying to take this fight no doubt um, you know, his, uh, Turner has shown some, some weakness on the ground. Uh, he's actually, you know, just pretty unknown on the ground for the most part. But, um, let me, let me see he about, uh, see on his record if he has any, uh, fights I recognize where he was on the, on his back. Um, no, but, uh, one thing I did not mention about Turner is that he made his UFC debut against Vicente Luque four months and two days ago. And he was viciously knocked out in that fight. I'm talking knocked down with a punch and then just like, like grounded and pounded until his head bounced off the canvas. A brutal brutal stoppage in that one. So, 4 months ago coming off that brutal knockout loss, I mean, it's something to think about in this fight. So, you know, his chin might be a little deteriorated. Potter could catch that chin with the right hand, but uh, you know, I like Potter's chances at getting this fight to the floor. I like his chances at getting a sub. Um, You know, I think the favorite should be uh, uh, Turner in this one, maybe minus 150, but where the line is set right now at minus 260, I definitely think that there's a little bit of value on Callum Potter. Uh, You know, I saw him up at plus 240, plus 220 earlier in the week, and now he's at plus 200, so it seems like there's a good amount of money coming in on Potter. And, uh, you know, the pick is going to be Turner, but I do not uh, knock any action on Potter at all. The next fight takes place in the lightweight division we have lando venada who is nine three and two taking on marcos mariano who is six and four the betting line for this one opened up lando venada as the favorite at minus 275 marcus rosa mariano at plus 195 Looking over at our affiliated sports book right now, five dimes we have Lando Venata minus 420, uh, Marcos Mariano plus 335. So I'm going to agree with the line movement in this one. Uh, I think this is just a huge mismatch for uh, Lando Venada. You know, we've seen Lando Venata in the UFC a lot uh, before. He, you know, most of his career, I think, has been in the UFC, and he's taken on a UFC newcomer in this one. But that's not the only reason he, why I favor him in this fight. Although, although... Vanada is winless in his last four fights two losses and two draws you know There's no shame in that at all He's had some really really good fights close fights and fought some really good competition along the way and uh you know he, he, his his defense is definitely his worst enemy he's he's got great striking great kicks you know really creative striking spinning back kicks but he just keeps his hands low and he gets hit with a lot of shots you know he was tagged by you know matt Frivola, who is you know uh, kind of a green striker compared to uh vanada you know uh that was a really really close fight venada had him hurt he was hurt himself it was a crazy back and forth fight and it ended in a a draw which was probably the right decision it's a damn shame they're not running that fight back you know if it's if it's a draw between two uh you know mid-level guys and there's no title shot in, in sight why not just run it back right away so we can get a you know a decisive winner about uh you know who's the better fighter but Nevertheless, we are uh, moving on to this matchup with Mariano. He is a very tall lightweight. He's he's long, but he does not know how to use that reach at all. He's got he just doesn't really have much striking, um, you know. And his his striking is definitely his better aspect of his game, but his jujitsu is is non-existent he he gets taken down easily and he has no idea what jujitsu is he just holds on for dear life this guy is brazilian he's a he's a a disgrace to the brazilian name he he just holds on to his opponent doesn't hip escape doesn't try to you know sweep doesn't try to get up he just holds on for dear life and looks at the referee maybe uh hoping he'll stand it up so vanada not much of a jujitsu guy he does have decent submission game uh and you know and uh, I think that he's, uh, you know, he, but he loves his striking. He really likes to get that knockout. He likes to get in brawls on the feet. So I think this fight will stay on the feet. I think Venata will, you know, just outclass Mariano on the feet uh, alone. So even though uh, Mariano is super weak on the ground, I think Venada is going to keep this fight standing. And I think that he'll uh, butcher Mariano to either a one-sided decision or a knockout in this one. So the pick is going to be Lando Venada to get the win in this one. Next fight in the Bantamweight division, we have Tarutu Ishihara, who is 10, 6, and 2, taking on Kyung Ho Kang, who is 14 and 8. The betting line for this one opened up Kang as the minus 305 favorite, Ishihara as the plus 225 underdog. And now looking over at our affiliated Sportsbook 5 Dimes at you, we see Kang at minus 365, Ishihara at plus 305. So even more money coming in on Kang in this one. I'm gonna agree with it. I think Kang uh, should win this fight pretty easily. He uh, he's only three and two in his UFC career, but he that really doesn't really do him justice. He's got an incredible ground game, man. If you watch his fight against. Uh, michinori tanaka it's one of the best mma fights i've ever seen um it's you know it's just straight straight uh scrambles and in uh submission attempts and sweeps and takedowns it's one of the best examples of ground fighting that i've ever seen um and he actually had a pretty close fight with ricardo uh, ramos a couple months ago uh or ricardo ramos excuse me i forgot he's brazilian um so uh, you know, I really uh, you know hold Kang pretty highly. I'm, I was really impressed with him uh, in that uh, in that fight with Tanaka. His ground skills are just incredible. Tanaka is a really good grappler of his own, and uh, I think that um, you know Kang won that fight. He got the better of the grappling exchanges. But you know Ishihara is you know it's really questionable why, why this guy's in the UFC still. He's one in four in his last five fights. He's fought pretty good competition, you know, not the best competition, but, you know, better, higher than average, I'd say. So, I mean, I, I guess that's why they're giving him one more shot. He, he doesn't really have, you know, too much skill, though. I, I really hate to say he's got bad takedown defense. He uh, doesn't have much jiu-jitsu, uh, you know, doesn't really have much... Uh, he, he likes scooting to the fence to get up back to his feet he doesn't really have much uh you know defensive jujitsu or anything like that and, and his striking just isn't that good either man for a guy who's you know his weakness is definitely on the ground he doesn't <clears throat> he doesn't have much uh ability to strike to make it, the fight uh you know worth it when he's on the feet so he was taken down a lot by gray maynard <clears throat> who is you know a terrific wrestler but i think that kang will be uh trying to attack that uh grapple heavy game plan as well he's going to be looking for takedowns trying to get uh you know position on ishihara and be chasing those submissions probably looking for a choke of some sort so uh you know i think kang will even even if this fight stays on the feet i think kang will be the more active comfortable striker uh i think that he, he's just a better overall fighter at this point in his career which is why you see such a steep price tag over him you know i would definitely not bet on kang's money line at this price And I see a lot of people taking stabs at Ishihara, but man, I just can't do it. He he's he's so bad. I really don't see, you know, uh, how he wins this fight. His margin that he wins this fight is very small. So. I think you would have to hurt uh, Kang with a punch on the feet and, you know, uh, finish him with a TKO because I don't see his his pace being enough to outpace Kang throughout the fight, and I don't see his his takedown defense or his submission defense holding up well enough if this fight gets to the floor, so the pick is going to be Kang uh, to get this one done. Moving on to the next fight in the flyweight division, we have Kaikar France, who is 18 and 7, taking on Holion Paiva, who is 18 and 1. The betting line for this one opened up Kaikar France as the favorite at minus 245, Paiva at plus 175. Looking over at our affiliated sportsbook, 5diamonds.eu, we see France as the minus 320 favorite, and Paiva up to plus 260. So even more uh, action coming in on France. And uh, I'm going to agree with the line movement in this one. I think this is a very favorable matchup for Car France. I think he's the better fighter, uh, you know, all around in this one. I think he's got the better uh, ground game and the better striking uh, I was, you know, pr- I wouldn't say really impressed with him in his UFC debut, but uh, he did v- do very well. He uh, he took on a very, very game opponent um, who I'm totally blanking out on his name even though I just watched the fight. Elias Garcia. Elias Garcia uh, rocked France with a punch in that fight and he actually got him close in a couple submissions, uh, a triangle that was fully locked in. In the second round of that fight, so Kai Car France is uh, you know he's got a little bit of defensive liability. I think he's you know he is open for some for some uh, punches to, to rock it and his chin is you know not the best either. He was rocked by Elias Garcia, so um, I think that he could get caught with a punch, obviously uh, by any fighter. But man, Piva Pi- is just or I'm not even saying that guy's. Yeah, Piva is you know he's just not really a great fighter either. He's very wild on the feet. He's got bad defense. Uh, you know, he, he once he gets in an exchange, he he's willing to trade, he's willing to throw bombs, but his defense he just really throws to the wind and he's uh you know, totally susceptible to getting rocked himself. So and uh you know for being an 18-1 brazilian fighter he he does not have much ground game either it did not look like he had much jiu-jitsu ability and his takedown defense was pretty bad from what i watched too so i was really unimpressed with paiva uh you know that 18-1 record is super super padded he has really not fought anybody too good and uh you know Kaikar france i think he's going to be uh you know trying to keep this fight on the feet if if it goes to the floor, I favor him there. I think he'll get top position. I think he'll land some good ground and pound. He might uh, you might get a submission. Uh, I th- his cardio looked really good too. car France in that fight, he was you know in the third round, he looked like a really fresh fighter against Garcia. It looked like he could go the full five rounds if he needed to. So. I'm really expecting uh, France to put on an an impressive victory in this fight. And, uh, you know, he was a huge favorite in his last fight, and he looked a little bit lackluster. So I don't know if I would trust him all the way down to minus 320, but I'm going to pick him to win this fight next fight in the featherweight division we have austin arnett who is 16 and 5 taking on shane young who is 12 and 4. the betting line for this one opened up shane young as the minus 275 favorite to austin arnett at plus 195. looking over at our affiliated sportsbook five dimes.eu we see shane young at minus 335 austin young at plus 275 so even more money coming in on shane young in this matchup and you know, uh, I don't think I would agree with it. Uh, I think it's it's a little too wide for Shane Young at this point. I think he he should be the favorite in this fight. I think he is the better fighter, but um, you know, I, it's just too much, too high of a price tag. You know, we saw Baden or excuse me, we saw Arnett come uh, come through as an underdog in his last fight against Humberto Badende. And uh, people really weren't respecting him in that matchup either and he ended up winning that fight So that could of course happen again here. Arnett is a very scrappy fighter He's he's a little bit awkward on the feet young is much more composed um, Except for when young starts landing shots. He, he gets wild. He definitely does he, uh, he He hurts you with the punch and then he, he, he drops his guard a little bit and he's susceptible to getting caught himself so he that could uh, you know even though Arnett uh, is uh, doesn't have much power in his hands, he's got decent striking, um, and I uh, think he you know he could certainly rock uh, Young with a punch if he uh, if he gets reckless in that defense, but uh you know uh they're both they're both pretty good on the ground as well uh Shane Young has the ability to hit some takedowns if he needs to like if he hurts you with a couple punches against the fence instead of wasting more energy he'll hit a takedown and then throw uh, go for some ground and pound there too so uh and he's got he's got good takedown defense himself and if he does get taken down finally he's got really good get-up skills he's got he got up uh in that fight against Volkanovski man he showed really good takedown defense against Volkanovski we know Volkanovski's one of the the baddest motherfuckers in the division with incredible striking and wrestling and uh you know uh, Shane Young held his own in that fight he did lose you know 30-27 um pretty decisively but when like I said he was hard to take down and when he was taken down he bounced back up almost every time so uh, you know, that was a very good showcase from Shane Young in that fight. So, I don't think Arnett will have much success in the, uh, with the takedowns in this one. You know, Volkanovski couldn't t- uh, take him down and hold him down, I really don't think Arnett will. And I think that Arnett will be out, outstruck on the feet. So, I think that Shane Young will win this fight. I think he'll win it, uh, you know, probably by decision. I don't see him finishing uh, his opponent Arnett in this one. You know, uh, Shane Young did pick up a knockout win via elbow in his last fight against Rolando Die, the gentleman we mentioned earlier. But I don't really hold that win too highly. So uh, you know, I think this is going to be a good fight. Uh, I expect it to be you know a pretty pretty high int- uh, high output, high intensity kickboxing fight, and I favor Shane Young to get the victory in this one. And moving on to the lightweight division, we have Dong Hyun Kim. Uh, and this is Dong Hyun Kim. The what is his nickname? The Maestro, not Dong Hyun Stun Gun Kim. So just clarifying that real quick. Dong Hyun Kim, who is 16, 8, and 3, taking on Devontae Smith, who is 9 and 1. The betting line for this one opened up. Devonte Smith as the favorite at minus 230. Dong Hyun Kim at plus 170. Since then, a little bit more money coming in on uh, Devontae Smith, pushing him down to minus 250, and Kim up to plus 210. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna agree with the line movement in this one. Uh, I think this is gonna be, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a mismatch, honestly. I think Devontae Smith is is gonna be much much better in there. Uh, you know, it's neither of these guys have much of a ground game you know from what we've seen we've seen Devontae smith actually lose on the ground in his fight against john gunther two years ago john gunther one of the lower level fighters on the ufc roster uh you know if you guys are listening at this point in the program you probably know about how low level john gunther is so the fact that he has a win over smith is is really alarming but um you know Smith in that fight he he rocked Gunther in the first 30 seconds He cut him he gave him a cut under his eye four inches wide He almost finished him in the first 30 seconds, but he was taken down held down You know and then eventually he was TKO in the third round of that fight after getting taken down and laid on the entire fight So Smith's takedown defense is not very good. His jiu-jitsu skills are not very good and his uh, You know getting back up to his feet skills are not very good, but you know, Dong Kim is not much of a wrestler, I really, I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle in the octagon, he's coming off of, uh, you know, a, a split decision win off of, uh, Damian Brown, which, you know, I really don't ha- hold too highly, Damian, Damian Brown is, a is a pretty low-level UFC caliber guy, I don't even know if he's in the UFC anymore, he's, you know, really old, uh, he, nah, 34, he, he, he has gray hair, so, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, talking too much shit. Yeah, Daniel Brown has been cut, but he went over to Ryzen and just guillotine choked Darren Kukshank, so That's pretty impressive. But he did lose three fights in a row on his way out of the UFC. So I, uh, I am correct in saying that that win does not really hold much. I think Dong Hyun Kim looked pretty unimpressive in that fight too, and he also has a, a win over Takahiro Gomi uh, via um, knockout uh, in 2017. So. Kim is on a three-fight win streak, so you know he that certainly looks good. But man, I really think the Devonte Smith is is the truth. He's got despite what I uh, all that shit I talked on his ground game. His his striking is great. He has a nice jab. He has a, a real nice calf kick. He digs in onto uh, people's legs. Uh, he if he gets tries to get taken down, he just knocked out his most recent opponent with uh, elbows uh, to the to the back of the ear while he was getting taken down against the cage. Uh, in his second most recent fight excuse me and his most recent fight he he knocked out his opponent Julian Arosa with just a beautiful one-two combination he just showed his accuracy and his power in that one his straight punches man his jab is accurate and his his uh straight left hand is powerful man so watch out for that in this fight his last opponent ate you know five or six of those shots and that's all it took for him to you know go out cold so I think Devontae Smith will be landing the harder uh punches in this fight I think it's going to stay on the feet for the most part you know if Dung hyung kim is working his grappling and he finds a way to get this fight to the floor it'll get interesting because smith is pretty weak on the ground but i think i i you know i don't have i don't see anything from kim that makes me believe that he will get this fight to the floor uh and uh, that's why i'm gonna have to side with smith in this one so smith as the uh as the favorite i'm gonna side with in this one next fight in, on to the main card, we have Jim Croot, who is 9-0, taking on Sam Alvey, who is 33-11. The betting line for this one opened up Jim Croot as the minus 245 favorite, Sam Alvey at plus 175. Looking over at our affiliated sportsbook, 5diamonds.eu, we see Croot at minus 130, Sam Alvey at plus 110 so a lot of money coming in on sam alvey you know pushing him from minus one or plus 175 to plus 110 so i i do agree with the line being set a little bit too high in that one i think uh Kroot should be the favorite just based on his you know his age his athleticism and uh you know his strength man i, I i've you know i just rewatched his last fight against paul craig and it's one of the best examples of a guy you know using strength to win a fight you know he was in a bad position on the ground he would power out of it if he was you know there was a scramble when he was about to get uh, you know uh, get uh, in a bad position he would power out of it and get uh, top position himself i was really impressed with his grappling in that fight against a, a fighter who was supposed to be the better grappler paul craig everybody thought you know he would uh win the submission aspects or the grappling aspects of that fight but jim crew really showed his uh you know showed off some good grappling eventually getting the submission win in that one he was threatening with submissions all fight long and then he finally ended up getting one uh around the 14th minute of that fight so um you know his striking looked a little bit raw you know we didn't really get to see too much of it in that fight uh you know he looked pretty wild on the feet but um you know that, that that's where this fight's going to get interesting because he's taking on Sam Alvey, who is you know a very well established, uh you know striker in the UFC. He's got good boxing, good counter punching. You know he he's got a good chin. He's got you know we've seen this guy in the UFC forever, man. He's probably has twenty fights. You know what's gonna he's gonna be tall and lanky out there. He's gonna be you know using that southpaw stance, looking for that uh. uh lead check hook every time you come in he's going to be popping that straight left every time you come in and he's good at what he does he uh you know and he's really hard to take down it's you know i i think uh, you know krut is going to be trying to get this fight to the floor i think that he will realize that he's a little bit outmatched on this feet and he will try his uh his best in the grappling aspects which is where it's going to get interesting you know it's going to be that that's that strength of krut versus that good takedown defensive Alvi, and man this is a hard fight to pick you know, part of me wants to pick the more, the younger, more hungry, and the stronger uh, guy, but part of me wants to pick the more experienced, more battle-tested veteran that is Sam Alvey. So, you know, I really, I don't think I have any action on this fight yet. It's, I'm really sort of undecided. So, coming down to a pick here, uh, you know, this is really, you know, I'm just thinking out loud of uh how I'm gonna pick this fight because this is one of the probably the only fight on the card which I really don't have a pretty confident lean on. Uh, it's just, man, I would think I might have to watch a little bit more tape, uh, just to get uh, a better sense of this fight. You know, Sam Alvey was knocked out in his last fight against, uh, Minotauro Noguera, I believe, uh, if I'm correct. I'm pulling up on Tapology right now. Yeah, he was, uh, you yeah, know, recently knocked out by Noguera. Uh, you know, he had a couple good wins before then. Uh, you know, he was taken down by Ramazan Amiv at at, uh, at middleweight, and uh, you know, lost that on the ground. So, you know, that's a really high-level wrestler. So, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's a very tough fight to pick. Uh, I'm gonna lean with, uh, I guess, the underdog Sam Alvey in this one, but not a confident pick at all. Moving on to the next fight in the women's flyweight division, we have Nadia Kasim, who is five zero, taking on Montana De La Rosa, who is nine and four. The betting line for this one opened up De La Rosa as the minus uh, one twenty pickem and Kasim as the minus one twenty pickem, which is just a one of the craziest opening lines I've seen all year. Right now we see De La Rosa at minus two sixty, Cassim at plus two twenty. So tons of money coming in on De La Rosa, as you'd expect. That that opening line was uh, you know uh, incredible. Shout out to anybody who was able to jump on that right there. You know this is this is a really clear cut fight. Uh, you know we have De La Rosa who is, uh, you know, she's a little bit rudimentary in her striking. She seems to only really box. She's got she jabs a lot and it's not really too effective, but she throws it out there a lot. She's got, like I said, de- decent boxing. Doesn't use any kicks, any knees, any elbows, anything like that. But uh, where she wins fights is on the ground. She's got really good jujitsu, really good submissions. She submitted both of her opponents in the UFC so far. One of them being a pretty experienced grappler in uh, Rachel Ostovich. So uh, I really think that uh, you know that's where De La Rosa is going to shine in this fight. She's taking on Nadia Kasim, who is. Uh, you know going up in weight she was I thought she was a small straw weight but you know I saw a picture of them standing next to each other and Kasim looked taller now I don't know if they had had high heels on or whatever because it was the media day you know girls do dress up for that and everything and I didn't see the bottom half of their bodies but uh, that was certainly interesting uh, Kasim throws a lot of leg kicks she has a lot of like you know awkward striking it's she does not look very comfortable on the feet she throws a lot of kicks and knees and everything, but she—they're—they're they're a little bit slow, and you know that's how she gets taken down. Alex Chambers was able to catch those kicks, catch those knees, and take her down. And uh, you know she did pretty good once she was on the ground. You know she—she she threatened with a few submissions. Um, but she just not, she didn't really finish them. She, you know, had a, she had a couple heel hook attempts, didn't finish a couple triangle attempts, didn't finish. So it seems like she has decent jujitsu, which is not really that finishing ability to finish uh, opponents at that high level. Um, you know, she, she, her cardio looked like it was tailoring off a little bit in that fight against, um. Alex Chambers and man, that fight against Alex Chambers just—it was a red flag. You know, Alex Chambers one of the one of the worst women on the roster. I think she's been cut ever since. She's you know old, thirty-seven-year-old woman. Uh, so she's and Cassim's twenty-three. She's a young girl. So you were getting out grappled and pretty much out, uh, uh, you know, just outstruck everything. Was losing that fight against one of the the worst fighters in the division. That was a huge red flag for Cassim in that fight. And you know, I wish I had some some better news on how she's been doing since, but she hasn't fought since. She's had fifteen months off, and it's you know, it's apparently because she's had a lot of uh, injuries. I think she had a hand injury, and she's also admitted that she suffers from she's been suffering from depression and anorexia and a lot of mental health issues. So you know, those are those are legit fucking issues more so than uh, you know uh, a hand injury or anything like that. You got to think about you know the mental aspect of this and you know you, you hate to to bring this up as a negative for, for a person but you know we are you know talking about the numbers in this fight we're trying to make some money betting on these fights and you know you have to take these things into consideration so uh you know i think that de la rosa will be you know the better striker she'll be the better grappler she's going to be bigger f- more physical in there and she's uh you know just been more active and uh picking up wins in the ufc so i got to style it with de la rosa even her as a minus 260 favorite honestly i think that's a really good price i think there's a few favorites in this card that have good prices you know uh kai car france uh, Kang, Venata, all those are reasonable prices and another one of those is De La Rosa, so if you're looking for a parlay I think De La Rosa, Kang, France, Venata, uh, Young those guys are all um, you know decent picks for a parlay so the pick is going to be De La Rosa in this one moving on to the bantamweight division we have Hani Yaya who is 26 and 26-9, taking on Ricky Simone who is 14 and 14-1 the betting line for this one opened up Hani Yaya as the plus one or excuse me minus 175 favorite to ricky simone at plus 135 right now looking over at our affiliated sportsbook5dimes.u we see a pick em fight at minus 110 for both fighters so a lot of money coming in on ricky simone rightfully so I, I i believe he uh you know ricky simone has you know really impressed me in the ufc so far he's got Really good takedowns. He's he's comfortable in pretty much every grappling situation we've seen him in. You know, we, we saw him get taken down by Merab Uh You know, we saw him you know give up position a few times, but he remained real calm. He you know was able to reverse position. He was able to sweep or get out of there, get back to his feet after a takedown, and he really negated a lot of Merab's takedowns and probably drained Merab's energy a lot in that fight. And of course, that fight ended in uh, you know very controversial fashion, but in, in favor of Simone. You know, he he ended that fight on Marab's back or, uh, you know, going for that choke against Marab, that uh, that one-armed guillotine. So, you know, uh, Simone is just uh, he's a much younger fighter. I think he's going to be quicker. He's going to be stronger in there. Uh, his his striking is not very good. It's, it's pretty average. You know, I think he's got a little bit of a weak chin and, you know, questionable defense. He was rocked by Marab. He was rocked by Anderson Dos Santos back in the regional scenes. And uh, but good thing he's fighting an opponent Hanayaya who also does not have much striking. He's you know both of these guys are grapplers. Uh, they strengthen they uh, specialize in grappling, but different types of grappling. Simone is more of a you know a wrestler. He's looking to uh, take you down, land some ground and pound. Not really looking for position too much. He doesn't look for you know full mountain side control. He just kind of you know, takes you down and then lays, you know, ground and pounded from the feet. So I think he's gonna be trying to take the, uh, replicate that game plan where he's on the feet, you know, he sets up a takedown, gets a takedown, you know, maybe lands a few punches after the takedown and then doesn't really want to engage with uh, Yaya's dangerous jiu-jitsu game on the ground. Hany Yaya is one of the best uh, jiu-jitsu practitioners in the UFC. He's got, you know, great submissions. He's got, uh, you know, heel hooks, guillotines, chokes, Um, bars, you know everything he can threaten you from every position and simone is a bit reckless in these wrestling exchanges you know he did give up his back a few times against marab he he was in a few positions against marab that if he was in that same position against yaya he could be in a threat for submission so um i think that that Simone better. Be careful in this fight. He cannot, you know, have reckless, uh, you know, grappling exchanges with Yaya because Yaya will snatch your neck. He'll snatch your ankle. He'll snatch your arm or something like that before you even know what happened. But uh, you know, there's a big difference in age in this one. I think there's a big difference in you know where these fighters' careers are headed. I think Simone is, you know, has got a lot of momentum behind him. Yaya has been doing good lately too, man. You know, he uh, he just came off that win against Luke Sanders where he won by heel hook. Uh, in a fight, um, you know, where his father passed away, I think the week of, uh, you know, he's got yeah three submissions in a row. He's he, going back. He's got seven seven and one in his past eight fights. So you know, ya is doing really good. The only thing is, his level of competition is not not the highest. You know, a lot of his submissions are over lower level opponents. Um, while I think Simone has already you know been fighting the the better opponents. He you know he just he just beat. Uh, Montel Jackson easily, which is a really nice win now considering how good Montel Jackson looked in his last fight. He obviously had that win over Mirab, like we discussed before and he's had some uh, good uh, dis- uh, wins over uh, people in the dis- in the regionals back in LFA. So uh, I really uh, liked Ricky Simone in this fight and uh, I, th- I, I think I'm going to pick him to win this one. I uh, have a little bit of action on him as well but not too confident. I, like I said, I think it's a really close fight and uh Simone's going to have to fight smart to get the win- victory but I trust him to do so and I'm going to pick Ricky Simone by decision. Moving on to the co-main event of the evening in the middleweight division, we have Anderson Silva who is 34 and 8 taking on Israel Adesanya who is 15 and 0. The betting line for this one opened up Adesanya as the -400 favorite to Anderson Silva as the plus 280 underdog. Looking over at our affiliated sportsbook, 5dimes.eu, we see Israel Adesanya as the minus 600 favorite to Anderson Silva as the plus 450 underdog. So, what an incredible uh, fight we have between these two gentlemen. You know, it's not too close of a matchup, but the fact that we're getting to see these two, uh, you know, different generational fighters go against one another is just going to be, you know, a special sight to see alone. Um, you know I, i'm I'm looking forward to the fight, you know, Irishish initially when it was announced, I thought it was a bad matchup. I thought it was cruel to put uh, you know one of the one of the greatest of all times, Anderson Silva, who's you know getting up there in his in his years. I believe he's forty two years old right now. I thought it was cruel to put him against one of the top contenders, the youngest, uh, most promising prospects in the sport, Israel Adisanya. but like I said, for the reasons I mentioned, uh, just about how surreal it's going to be to see these two gentlemen uh, against one another, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun fight. But uh, it, Anderson Silva hasn't fought in two years. Um, last time it was against Derek Brunson. He won that fight via decision, a very questionable decision. I haven't rewatched that fight though, so I don't really uh, have a too good of a sense of whether that was a robbery or not. But, uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of Israel Adesanya. You know, he's debuted in the past year and a half, and I think he's 4-0 in that time already, picking up uh, wins over uh, Rob Wilkinson, Martin Vittori, Brad Tavares, and Derek Brunson, looking, you know, even more impressive in, in each fight. Uh, so he's really coming into his own in, in this fight. You know, he's a world-class kickboxer. He's, a you know, a ch- world champion kickboxer. Boxer, he's got great head kicks, great knees to the body. He's got good boxing. You know everything about Adesanya is great, but on the feet is where Silva and Adesanya are actually uh, fairly evenly matched. You know, I think that you know Silva, as one time was one of the best strikers in mixed martial arts. You know, in in history, he still goes down as probably one of the best. He has a you know a, a, a great arsenal of elbows and and kicks and knees and everything like that, and great clinch work and. Uh, You know, like I said, he just goes down as one of the most iconic fighters of all time. So uh and the one thing where this fight gets interesting is on the ground and if they're you know I think that Adesanya still will have the striking advantage a slight striking advantage on the feet Just because I think he's the younger more more crisp striker Uh at this point in his career But Silva is going to have a huge advantage on the ground Anderson Silva has been a black belt in jiu-jitsu for probably 10-15 years He's you know been doing jiu-jitsu his probably his whole life 25-30 years uh, straight now he's been training in the gi and everything. So Adesanya, man, I can't say the same about him. His ground game is certainly his weakness. We saw him taken down and controlled by some pretty low-level opponents like Rob Wilkinson and Marvin Vittori. Both of those guys were able to get him to the ground, able to control him for short periods of time, and then uh, you know uh, he obviously he was able to uh, to win those fights. Still, he was able to get back to his feet or survive the round or something like that, but. You know, certainly worse if you were uh, you know have a lot of money on Israelite Sonya. You know, Anderson Silva had never been known for for wrestling. Never really had great takedowns. But you know, there are ways to get this fight to the ground. You know, he could pull guard. He could you know try some try some shit. He's been training. Uh, you know, some entry to a takedown that uh, some creative tr- entry to a takedown that he's been uh, drilling a lot lately in preparation for this fight. So. It's going to be interesting, you know. If Silva attacks that he- grappling-heavy game plan, that he has a chance at winning this fight. He really does. If he gets, you know, Adesanya in his guard, or if he gets, you know, top control on uh, Adesanya on the ground, there's a really good chance Silva pulls out a submission. You know, he's he. I think he'll be the best uh, grappler that. Uh, Adesanya has fought if they end up on the ground, but that's going to be a tough task, you know, so, uh, Adesanya's takedown defense looked really good against Brad Tavares, you know, uh, Derek Brunson, who's a great wrestler, wasn't able to get him down, you know, Br- but Brunson had a terrible game plan in that fight, he, he was already getting tagged with punches before he could even set up his takedown. so... You know, I really don't hold much uh, weight in that performance. You know, Brunson just shit the bed in that fight totally. You know, not saying it was an easy task to, to defeat Adesanya, but he could have done a little bit better than that for the wrestling pedigree that he has. So it's, uh, you know, what a great fight uh, when you think about it. It's going to be uh, super surreal to see these guys in the octagon staring uh, one another down. It's going to be, uh, you know, I, I if, if fight stays on the feet, man, I really see Adesanya lightning Silva the fuck up. I, I see him knocking him out. I see him, you know, putting on a really sad fight where we realize that Anderson Silva is not the man he used to be. You know he's gone through. He's got had had his problems with USADA. He's had a couple violations with USADA. You know we know that it. You know he had some testing problems. Uh, you know I don't care that the dude might have doped his entire 16 fight win streak. Um, I just wish he would have that shit now, so he wouldn't have to be a 42 year old withered man fighting a you know a young hungry 30 year old fucking killer. We can make this fight a little more even, so it wouldn't be minus 600 plus 450. But nevertheless. Uh, you know I'm really looking forward to this fight uh you know I got more excited for it as the fight goes on uh, and you know it, it would be it would be Great to see Adesanya, you know, get that great win on his victory, knocking out the legend Anderson Silva. It would be incredible to see Anderson Silva take down Adesanya, derail the high train, and pull off, pull off a submission. You know, Ades- or uh, Silva's submission uh, line opened at like plus two thousand or higher or something like that. So that's totally worth a stab. That is, I think Silva's best path to victory in this fight is via submission. So. Get a little bit of stab money on uh, Anderson Silva by, by submission. I think it's still around plus 1,500. And uh, the pick is going to be Adi to win this fight uh, via knockout. And moving on to the main event in the middleweight division. A uh, fight for the middleweight championship we have... Robert Whittaker, who is 20 and four, taking on Kelvin Gastelum, who is 16 and three. The betting line for this one opened up. Robert Whittaker as the minus two forty-five favorite to Kelvin Gastelum as a plus one seventy-five underdog. Looking over at our affiliated sportsbook. Five Dimes Robert Whittaker as the minus two thirty five favorite Kelvin Gastelum at plus one ninety five so two way action coming in on this fight for sure uh, a little the initial action was uh, you know actually coming in uh, Kelvin's way someone put a huge amount of money on Kelvin pushed Whittaker up to minus one seventy two but then that money immediately came back down. On, uh, on Whitaker but he you know at some points this line has been out for months you know so the line has been going all over the place but for the most part money coming in on Robert Whitaker in this one uh, rightfully so he is the champion he's battle tested he's one of the, the best fighters in the UFC uh, in my opinion right now uh, you know Robert Whitaker is just a fucking treasure man he's got great takedown defense he's got you know incredible striking powerful striking he's got great boxing he's got head kicks he's got a chin for days he's got cardio he's you know uh he's just a terrific terrific fighter i can't say enough good things about robert whitaker he's one of the toughest motherfuckers that ever walked in the octagon he he fought Yo romero Uh, UFC 213 got his knee hyperextended in like the first minute of the fight. The first kick Yoel throws, it twists Robert's knee, uh, you know, five different ways at one time. He tells his corner, my knee's fucked after the first round, and he still goes out there, fights 20 more minutes, and retains his belt. I mean, wins the belt, wins the interim uh, middleweight championship back at UFC 213. So it didn't matter that he was fighting one of the scariest motherfuckers on two legs. Uh, It didn't matter that his knee was blown out. It, 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 he won that fight. He defended the takedowns. He landed the better strikes. He picked up the pace as the fight went on, and he, you know, got stronger as the fight went on, which is just incredible. Then he goes on and rematches Romero, gets knocked down twice in that fight against, you know, Iron Man Yoel Romero. Still gets up gets back to his feet and retains his belt in a 48-47 split decision so you know i could keep talking about robert whitaker you know how he knocked out uh Derek brunson in new zealand and blew the fucking roof off that place or how he knocked out uh jacare Souza in the first round man he's just got one like his past couple years whitaker has beat some of the like has accumulated one of the best resumes uh, ever in the middleweight division. You know, beating Yoel twice. Uh, you know, knocking out uh, Jacare and Brunson. You know, beating Rafael Natal, Brad Tavares, uh, Uriah Hall. Just, just, you know, the dude is on a fucking streak right now. He's on a nine-fight win streak right now. But uh, that's enough about Robert Whitaker. We'll talk about Kelvin Gastelum because Kelvin Gastelum's a hell of an opponent. You know, it's uh, we I've seen Kelvin Gaston in the UFC for the past you know three, four, five years, and it's pretty surreal to see the dude finally get a title shot. You know, we've seen him out of his trouble with weight cutting. He you know had some tough losses. Um, you know, he he climbed to the top where he thought he was one win away from a title shot, then he lost that a couple times. You know, so. Uh, you know, he's really finally got his title shot in this one, it's, it's good to see him getting the, t- the title shot, he's he's certainly earned it, uh, defeating Michael Bisping, Ray Souza, Tim Kennedy, Vitor Belfort, you know, Johnny Hendricks, he's really got a, a great resume of his own in the past couple years, um, let's start talking about a little bit of his, his fight details, he's got, you know, really great boxing, some of the best boxing in the UFC. Um, his, 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 he throws a lead, right hook, and follows up with that left straight cross, and man, that's one of the best combinations that anybody throws in the UFC, the most consistent, just throws it out there, lead hook, cross, and just, man, that that, that floors people, it sent people flying, knocked out champions like Michael Bisping sent Jacare, Chris Wyman flying across the octagon. Uh, you know he there is massive massive power in this guy's hands he's got a really good sprawl good takedown defense he showed that against Jacare Souza he showed some really good defensive jujitsu in that fight too he was taken down with 3 minutes left in the round in side control against Jacare Souza and survived a couple you know he was got mounted he he got him back in half guard he you know was able to retain his guard he he got cl- uh, Jacare was close to an armbar Kevin Gastelum uh, excuse me Kelvin Gastelum defended that uh, that armbar very well so you know he, he's on bottom against one of the best jiu-jitsu fighters in the ufc history jacaré souza and he survives that is a huge cap in his or a huge feather in his cap for Kelvin Gastelum, you know, he he's uh he's got an iron chin too, man. Like Jacare Sosa was hitting him with some bombs in their fight. You know, what an incredible fight those two gentlemen had. If you you forgot how good of a fight that is, you got to go watch it. Uh Jacare Souza versus Kelvin Gastelum at UFC 224 only happened in May of last year, but it's quickly how forget or, or it's funny how quickly you forget about these great fights, but um, you know, K- Kelvin he he's hittable though. Both of these guys are hittable, you know. Uh, uh uh, we saw uh, Yoel Rock uh, Whitaker pretty badly multiple times in their fight. We saw Jacare hit Gastelum with some shots. The difference is Jacare was hitting Gastelum with some shots, and they weren't even phasing Gastelum. Whitaker was, you know, eating heavy shots and you know getting knocked down and getting back up. He's got a great chin, but I think Gastelum might even have the better chin. Uh, you know, he's. Gaslam has had some cardio issues in the past. You know, we we've seen him with weight cut issues. We've seen him, you know, gas out in fights. But we've also seen him, you know, go five rounds uh, in Mexico City at you know eight thousand feet of altitude. So. When the time is when some time comes when he needs to get his cardio on point, when he needs to get his takedown defense on point or his jujitsu defense on point, he prepares very well for fights. I have to give him the man credit in that aspect. But you know, so does Whitaker, man. He 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 adapted terrifically between that those Yoel Romero uh, rematches. You know. He saw that kick that that Yoel landed on him in the first fight that fucked up his knee, started training that himself, and started using it to fuck up Yoel's knee in the second fight. So he's really, you know, smart, really creative. You know, this is going to be a hell of a fucking fight. I, I see, um, you know, I see Whittaker, uh, you know, landing the better shots throughout the fight. I, I see him landing that head kick. I don't think Gastelum, even though he's got an iron chin, I don't think that chin can hold, man. I think that Whitaker is just going to be accumulating tons and tons of damage with how hittable Kevin is or Kelvin is. I think that that damage is really going to start. Uh, he's going to start feeling it in rounds four and five, the championship rounds. And, uh, you know, I can see Whitaker getting the knockout in the fourth or f- third, fourth, or fifth. I can see him winning the decision, maybe 49, 46. I could also see, you know, Kelvin testing that chin of Whitaker in the first, uh, you know, couple rounds. You know, like I said, we've seen Whitaker put on his ass before, and Gaslam certainly has the power to do it again. It just really comes over, uh, uh, comes down to that finishing ability. Uh, you know, someone who can land that that those extra shots on the ground or land that extra punch on the feet to make Whitaker go out instead of just going down because you know Whitaker you know we haven't really seen him knocked out since uh Stephen Thompson did it uh you know four or five years ago so <coughs> it can be done it's been done before but it's going to be a tough task for Calvin Gaslam to test that channel Whitaker uh, you know, I see, I see maybe G- Gastelum knocking him down just like Yoel did, but I see Whitaker getting back up and I see him, you know, being right in Kelvin's face again after he gets that knockdown. So, you know, both these guys seem like fucking juggernauts, honestly, like the way, you know, the, I feel like J- juggernaut is, is Kelvin Kevin nickname for some reason, but, um, maybe I'm mistaken. You know these guys just take an incredible amount of damage and just keep keep dishing it out So it's gonna be a hell of a fucking fight. Uh, I'm gonna side with the champion Robert Whitaker. I think he gets this one done via late knockout or via decision But you know would not be that surprised to see Kelvin Gastelum maybe spark Whittaker uh, You know getting a knockout in the fir- in the earlier rounds I don't think that Kelvin will have the output or the cardio to you know outpoint uh, Whitaker to a decision So Gastelum's best path to victory is an early knockout so So, the pick is going to be Whitaker, and man, I can't wait for this fight. So, at first glance, you know, UFC 234 not looking like the strongest fight card but after you know analyzing all the matchups we we got some really good matchups going down this saturday night uh we got a 12 fight card and uh you know with that being said we are going to uh rewind the clock a little bit to this past weekend uh with the card that went down in fortaleza brazil UFC on ESPN plus two headlined by Asunca versus Morais two so starting things off, we had uh, Hojirio Bontorin, uh pick up the split decision uh, victory over Magomed Biblatov. Huge underdog victory in this one, but Bontran showed up, man. This guy was game. He was, you know, uh, spamming that leg kick. He showed some really good, uh, some jiu-jitsu in this fight as well. You know, I was really, really impressed with Bontran in this one. You know, he, he was able to take... Uh, take uh, Bibletov's back a lot of times. He was able to land some hard punches on the feet. You know, he didn't look perfect by any means, but he came through big in that underdog situation and beat Bibletov. So, great performance from him. We had Saeed Nurmagomedov finish Ricardo Hamos. We, uh, I think it was a spinning back kick. Maybe. Maybe it was. I think it was a spinning back kick to the liver and then finish him up with some ground and pound. Saeed just looking tremendous in this fight. Ricardo, man, he shit the bandit he was just you know couldn't close that distance he didn't look, look like he had no idea how to close the distance And, uh, you know, Saeed being the longer, lengthier striker was able to just pick him apart at range and get the finish in that one. So next up we had Geraldo De Freitas defeat Felipe Colaris in a very brutal fight to watch. Colaris is just really low level, should not be in the UFC. De Freitas was beating the pulp out of him on the feet but just decided to take the fight to the ground every time he had Colaris hurt. He would hurt him with a couple punches then take him down and then do no damage on the ground and let Colaris clear his head. It was really frustrating to watch. Can't, can't imagine if anybody bet DeFreitas by, you know, inside the distance or fight doesn't go decision. That would have been really frustrating. But, you know, DeFreitas looked, you know, pretty good. He looked, you know, UFC caliber, pretty well rounded there. Colares definitely not. He should definitely not get another fight in the UFC. Next fight, we had Yarizino uh, Rosenstruik defeat Junior Albini via knockout. Uh, you know, incredible uh, performance from Rosenstruik in that one. He was, uh, you know, I think he was taken down in the first round of that fight, but was able to survive. Albini was not able to get any submissions. And Rosenstruck eventually got the knockout, being the, you know, much superior striker to Albini on the feet. He withstood, he with, uh, you know, withstood that, that grappling attack from Albini early and was able to get the knockout. So really impressive uh, debut from Rosenstruck in that one. We had uh, Tiago Alves defeat Max Griffin via split decision. Um, you know, close fight. Could have gone either way, but in Brazil, it went Alves' way. I was on Alves, so I'm pretty biased in this one, but I really think that, you know, that third round was close. I think Max Griffin won the first round easily. Thiago Alves won the second round easily, and then the third round was, you know, it was close, but I think that, uh, you know, Max Griffin, uh, it really depends. I remember it being like, uh max griffin had a four minutes of control on the ground but didn't do anything it was just laying and praying on Alves, while Alves had maybe a minute of a, a few good punches landing so it really just comes down to what you think is more you know i really think that you know landing a few punches kind of outweighs you know blanketing somebody for a few minutes because you're so exhausted so uh don't really see too much controversy in the decision there especially because i bet on Alves. so um Next fight we had um, Marro Romero Barella defeat Talia Santos via decision. You know Barella stepped up big in this one. Santos looking you know pretty pretty mediocre. People were pretty ha- uh, high on her her coming in as uh, you know a decent under or a decent sized favorite. She's got uh, you know good good uh, kickboxing and leg kicks, but just you know didn't really have anything in the clinch. Didn't really have anything for takedowns. Barella was getting this fight to the floor, and you know making an ugly fight, and she won the fight. Um, that way so uh moving along we had marcus perez defeat anthony hernandez via anaconda choke in the second round beautiful performance from perez in that one you know he closed the distance he negated the striking of hernandez and was able to get the fight to the floor where he specializes and get that choke so really good performance and uh you know cashed on a play on uh, marcus perez there that was a really easy play people were you know tweeting out that play telling everyone to get on it uh, you know, the second the second the line came out. So it was pretty funny that the fact that Perez was still an underdog, even though almost everybody I know was on Perez. Next fight, we had Livia Renata Souza defeats Sara Frota by decision. It was a split decision, apparently, but I think Souza really won that fight, uh, you know, pretty decisively. I don't really remember too much about it, uh, except for it was not as exciting as I expected. Uh, Johnny Walker knocked out... Uh, Justin Ledet via you know uh, spinning back fist you know pretty crazy knockout on this one. Johnny Walker continues to impress people. You know I was I was afraid to eat my words. I was I said last week I said I was I would be really shocked if Ledet won this fight. You know, because he has no ground game, and he you know he's got decent boxing, but he was fighting a really dynamic striker in Walker, and Walker made really quick work of him. So uh, you know, nice play with uh, Walker there, and uh, you know, can't wait to see him against next. He's you know one of the one of the most exciting prospects in the UFC now. Not really in terms of his fighting, we haven't really seen all that much of his uh, his fighting, but his personality is you know is great. So. Hope to see more of Walker soon. Uh, next fight we had Charles Oliveira defeat David Tamer uh, via an anaconda choke. Really great performance from Oliveira in this one. Was able to hurt Tamer with an elbow, I think, on the feet and then uh, search for that choke on the ground. Uh, you know, he it was a it was a dog fight, man. It was a close fight and uh, both of these guys were hurting each other. There was like some eye pokes going on in the beginning of the fight, but Oliveira toughened it out and was able to get the finish in this one. So great performance from Oliveira. We had Damian Maya defeat Lyman Good via rear naked choke. Just got on his back on the cage. Lyman was not able to defend the choke uh, as expected. You know Maya, you know world uh, world champion jiu-jitsu black belt. You know one of the best grapplers in UFC history. Moving on to the co-main event of the evening, we had Jose Aldo defeat Henato Moiscano via knockout in the second round. Incredible performance from the legend. You know it was a pretty close. First round, you know, they were jabbing and leg kicking one another back and forth. It was a pretty close, uh, close, tentative feeling out process. But Aldo was able to rock Moisano with a uh, right hook, I think, in the in the second round, and then swarmed him with a barrage of punches, eventually getting the TKO. In that fight, just you know, vintage Aldo performance is you know great. He's finished both of his fights uh, via knockout back to back. You know for his first knockouts since like UFC 142, I think. Great to see him back. Uh, you know, knocking people out. You know, chasing that finish like a madman. You know, he's you know he's going. He says he's retiring. He says he's old. He says he's you know not chasing the title anymore. But he just took out two of the top five prospects in the featherweight division. You know, if I'm the UFC, I'm stopping giving Aldo prospects, you know, Moise could have fought for the title soon. But all of a sudden, you got some guy who says he's not interested in fighting for the title, knocking off all your top prospects. If I, if I, you know, Aldo saying I'll fight Volkanovski, I'll fight. I would keep him far away from Volkanovski. Volkan, give Volkanovski to Aldo, or excuse me, give Volkanovski to Holloway, and then you know, or even the Ortega fight. I don't like Ortega versus Aldo, and you know, it'll be it'll be great. To, I think it'll be a great matchup. But in terms of, you know, it really ruins all. Uh, or take a stock, I think, if he comes and loses back-to-back fights against Aldo, everyone's going to be bringing up, oh, he lost to Aldo, you know, a declining Aldo, a guy who was at past his prime and he still lost to him. I can see them saying that up against Moise Cano or against Stevens in their next fight. People are going to be bringing that up. So, you know, uh, I would give Aldo some easier fights, you know, whether it's the Anthony Pettis fight or... Uh, you know, I don't know the McGreg- McGregor fight. Of course, he's obviously looking for that one, but I would stop giving him such you know uh, fucking killers. You know, for like not for his sake. You know, he's beating them easily. It seems like not not easily. You know, they're they're still hard fought fights, <coughs> but he's coming out. You know, he knocked both of them. One of them out in four minutes, and one of them out in six minutes. So he's not struggling too much. But, man, it's just so great to see Aldo out there still, you know, uh, beating motherfuckers up. He's far from done. He's not past his prime yet. I mean, the dude is still beating the top five featherweights. You can't call him past his prime. So even though, you know, Max Holloway might be his kryptonite, he's still, you know, one of the one of the best fighters in the UFC right now still. So uh, moving on to the main event, we have Marlon Marias defeat Rafael Sonsal via guillotine choke in the first round. Marquez rocked the Sunsau with a punch in this one. I think it was a right uh, overhand right, and then uh, was able to follow up with that tight guillotine choke. Marquez showing off more of his knockout power, and he showed off a little bit of a slick submission game in this one too, submitting the Sunsau. So you know, great performance from Marias, You know, three knockouts or three finish first round finishes in a row. There's no denying that Marlon Marquez needs a title shot. Uh, you know, I think I think this nonsense with uh Suhudo wanting to fight Dilshaw again, uh that's it's nonsense. You know, you gotta you have to book Joseph Benavidez versus Henry Suhudo and you have to book Marlon Moraes versus TJ Dilshaw. I w- I wanna see Suhudo versus Dilshaw again too, but we can do that after they fight their their deserving contenders. They made that fight when there were no real clear contenders at you know uh, flyweight or at bantamweight, Uh, but now there are clear-cut contenders, and you have to make them fight the contenders at their weight classes instead of doing these pointless super fights. So, um, you know, Marlon Moraes looking great in that fight, and uh, you know, hopefully the title shot is next for him. All right, and checking the, you know, general MMA news stories for the week. I really didn't see much news, didn't really see anything worthy of noting. So, that's going to be it for the podcast this week. Uh, just want to thank everybody for tuning in once again and like I said anybody who is interested in coming on to the Martian MMA podcast to dissect the UFC fights, you know, hit me up on Twitter at UFO underscore UFC and uh, we can set up a podcast and I'd love to have you guys on. Thank you to my affiliated sportsbook, five dimes.eu. You can check out the description of the YouTube videos for my affiliated link for Five Dimes, the best sports book for MMA betting lines by far, the most props, the reduced use lines, live betting lines, and uh, you know, money lines earlier than any other betting site so five dimes is definitely going to be your best option for mma betting and i want to thank everybody for tuning in ladies gentlemen boys girls aliens martians any conscious beings tuning into the podcast thank you for tuning in episode 48 of martian mixed martial arts and i will see you guys next week before ufc phoenix peace